28 minutes past the hour. You hear the bell, and that means it's time for the Friday Follies, the Folly Finale. And I got to say, I've got a, a great crew lined up. When they said, what do you want to do on the last day? I said, well, we're going to do an epic Follies. And uh, I love the fact, I love the fact that my friend Jeff Watcher came out of retirement to do this. And he might be risking his job. I'm not sure. <laughs> I feel like Jake LaMotta in that last Sugar Ray fight. <laughs> That's exactly it. The Friday Follies is here. Nancy Kaffer of the Detroit Free Press is here. Thank you very much, Nancy. I'm glad you could be here. Well, thank you for having me. Jeff Watcher, now of WDIV. Uh, thank you for being here. Rob Laurie of Kane TV and the Detroit News. Thank you for being here it's always a pleasure absolutely and my old friend ml elric of fox 2 wearing a white dinner jacket this is awesome you got dressed up for the occasion uh, actually i thought this was the first episode of the bankley tower uh bankley thompson news and comedy review yeah. so i am in the wrong place <laughs> there i apologize you go. I, I feel like uh, i feel like elric's on fire today it's uh, gonna be a that's well, that's, yeah, that's, we're just, that's just the syphilis talking and <laughs> oh, oh man see last show you know, yeah. see, last show <laughs> And now you understand why I actually created triple secret probation on this program, <laughs> because Emma Elric has pushed the boundary since day one. But these are, have always been my most consistent and funny followers here for this Friday. So um, I hope you're all ready. And I'm just trying to figure out where we should start with this, because there are so many, so many fun stories to get to here on the Friday Follies. Let's start with this one. Um, all right, Lisa Brown, who claims to be, claims to be the candidate for lieutenant governor here in the state of Michigan. Uh, there's this one little thing that she didn't do. She didn't create a candidate committee. Um, and and I, I'm not one that spends a lot of time looking at, at, at you know election law and stuff like that. But Jeff Watrick, this seems like kind of an important step. Yeah, it does. Following <laughs> the law is a good thing. Um, but I think maybe the more important thing is no one cares who the lieutenant governor candidates are. No one is going to vote on them. If we were to ask this audience to name the last five lieutenant governors of Michigan, I guarantee you three people might get it. Hmm. Anybody got a hand? I see no <laughs> hands going up to challenge you on that one. But you know what? Well, that's not entirely true, though, Rob, because lieutenant governor candidates do fire up those people that go to the, the party conventions. Seven I mean, look. Them. Well, there you go. <laughs> but that's enough to oust somebody. Brian Kelly may be getting the ouster here in a couple of weeks. You never know. Well, sure. But, you know, again, this is Michigan, and you don't have to follow the campaign laws here. Just ask John Conyer. Oh, because if, man. You, if you ignore the campaign law, they'll just rewrite the law after the fact to, to keep you where you are. So, so we we shouldn't worry about Lisa Brown being on the ballot? Nah. Well, this, <laughs> yeah. is, this is the thing. <laughs> Michigan campaign law is very uh, long on bark and short on bike bite. Their their whole thing is they want to work with you to bring you into compliance, which is great because I think most people who, who run for office and violate campaign law, most of them it's probably unintentional. They, they're, they're regular folks. They're not career politicians. They don't know what they're doing. Obviously not the case here. Um, this is a person who, you know, should know what she's doing, should file. But yeah, they're, they're, there's very few consequences uh, because, the, because of that presumption toward forgiveness there's very few consequences even for people who are obviously kind of playing fast and loose well I, you know i love that that we're now uh, we're now following the letter of the law in lansing since we have a speaker who put a guy up or who supported the creation of a candidate who wasn't really a candidate and everybody knows it but it turns out that's not illegal we have members of the legislature who don't live in their district nobody wants to enforce that not the ag not the secretary of state not the local prosecutor we have people who are spending money hand over fist through all these shadowy committees nobody seems to give a damn about that and the the v woman doesn't file a piece of paper and all of a sudden we're this is a crisis i mean <laughs> let's just get it together folks and if you're so worried about the lieutenant governor in this upcoming race, you may have more problems than anybody thinks. Ooh, there we go. Let's move on, shall we? Um, 
My favorite political moment of the last week was uh, Justin Amash's victory speech uh, after trouncing, trouncing Brian Ellis, his opponent. <laughs> he was not only content to beat his opponent into the dust, he needed to make sure that he stepped on his face and rubbed his face in the dirt afterwards here. Um, I'm going to start with you because, Rob, you and I have talked about infighting in the Republican sure. Party quite a bit here. Justin Amash did not hold back, basically saying, you know, go away and go back under the rock that you came out from underneath. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what? I love this because... <laughs> I figured you would. Right, and here's why. Uh, you know, this thing that we see in every election where two people spend, you know, the better part of a year trashing each other in the worst possible ways. Then on election night, they go... I've called my opponent, and I've said thank you very much for running a great campaign, and I, uh, I, I hope to work with him in the future. And here we have a guy who was saying, you're Al-Qaeda's favorite congressman, yeah. you know, and, and you're supposed to just go, hey, pal, that's okay. It's all over now. It's you all know? in the game, yeah. you know? No, I love that he went out well, there and said, the hell with you. I, I'm going to bury you yeah. now. You know? I, I, ran, I ran for office to stop people right. like you. And, and, you know, it's not just the Al-Qaeda's favorite congressman, but the dog whistle of that to say that about uh, someone of Lebanese descent, right? In in the wake of Gabby Giffords, in the wake of the plot against Daryl Isa in two thousand one, you're 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 putting a bullet in a crazy man's hand when you say things like that. And if, if something happens to Amash, God forbid it. Hopefully it doesn't. That blood is on Brian Ellis. That blood is on yeah. Peter Hoekstra. That blood is on the Michigan Chamber. It was a really sleazy well, campaign. And, and and I like I like the fact that he didn't just go after his opponent. He went after the people behind his opponent. Right. That was Pete Hoekstra, and basically said, "I was happy to give you one more defeat before you slide into ir- <laughs> irrelevance." I mean, that's. I think people like this. ML. I, I, uh, this is West Michigan nice. <laughs> I mean, people thought things were down and dirty in Detroit. Hey, man, don't walk the streets of Saugatuck at night. <laughs> <laughs> These guys will sell you an Adirondack chair that you will not be comfortable in. I think think it's refreshing. I think, uh, yeah, you shouldn't have to be nice to someone who says you're a terrorist and says all kinds of horrible things (laughs) about you. That's ridiculous. Is that the boundary? (laughs) (laughs) Everything's acceptable until you call me a terrorist, and then all of a sudden I have to... Axe murderer, I can work around terrorist. I don't know. Yeah, it's a bridge too far. can, Can we all agree, though, on this, that this whole notion... And I'm sorry. I know this is for the candidates. But what's with the unity breakfast the day after the primaries where everybody comes together and yeah. has breakfast and, and just, you know, all is forgiven, water under the bridge? This is ridiculous. Well, it's kind of everything Can wrong with... Can we see through this? It's kind of everything wrong with politics, isn't it? We, uh, we mean, sit here and we clamor desperately for people who actually believe what they're saying, and then they bury it all the morning after it's <laughs> over, and they're like... Well, oh, we, also, we also, uh, you know, really like a competitive primary where people tear each other up, and when we have things like in the in the Senate race or in the governor's race where the Democrat, Democrats and Republicans have picked their candidates for a year now we're all like dang it no competitive primary but it makes so much more sense to have people not in their own party tearing each other up so that they can advance well, to the I general think, with some kind I of think, uh, is it there fair to say there's a difference between say the hillary and obama primary of 2008 where they were disagreement but they were on the same page versus ellis and amash who are completely different wings of the party yes, yeah, i think, I think that may be fair um all right uh i already wasted this joke but I got to go back to it anyway because I know you all have thoughts on this. Kerry Bentabolio's short stint in Congress will be coming to an end in January. Uh, is this a, a merciful end, uh, Nancy Kaffer? Well, you know, they call him the accidental congressman, right? And so that uh, seems to have been a short and uh, relatively unhappy career. But you know what? Reindeer ranching is a going concern. I think he's got a soft <laughs> landing. 
<laughs> Jeff Wadrick. I, I got nothing on Crazy Gary. I got <laughs> nothing? No, there's nothing left to say about Gary Bentivoglio. Well, it's, you know, like I said, I, 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 wasted, ride, this, I wasted this joke already, but, you know, I am bummed out because I was anxiously <laughs> awaiting his congressional hearing on chemtrails. I think <laughs> well, it was yeah, a big yeah. deal. I, I, I mean, you know, the, can, I, can I just say the last time I saw Kerry Benavolio was at a luncheon to promote Rod Lockwood's plan to make Belle Isle into a libertarian <laughs> right? paradise. And oh, I feel like that's, that's right. sort of the... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Go ahead, Rob. <laughs> well, we, we talked about this just last week, that, yeah. that the guy got there in a weird way, and then once he got there, he did everything in his power to backtrack on everything he said before he got there, and then when that didn't get him any money, he backtracked on that. So it was like this epic, weird election, followed by a very weird tenure, and then followed by the obvious well, outcome, which what is that? I don't think was ever in doubt. But what does that tell you, ML, about the lure of this gig, that once you're there, you're like, you know, the perks of this job aren't so bad. I might want to stick around here for more than a couple of years. I, I didn't know Kerry was a dude. You know, I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I, this guy was there and gone in a minute, and... Uh, at least his predecessor tried running for president before he flamed out. So Ooh. I think Kerry hmm. still has some, uh, he has some mountains to climb. All right, let's move on here. Uh, this was one of my favorite pieces of tape uh, from this week. There was a situation in Iowa, and of course it's Iowa. We're two years out from a presidential candidate, which means anybody who's actually there is either running for president or lives there. Um, <laughs> and it's usually more presidential candidates than people who live there. But there's apparently um, Steve King, who is a representative from the great state of Iowa, having a burger with none other than Kentucky Senator Rand Paul. And a couple of people who are so-called dreamers, people who were brought here by their parents uh, without proper documentation but have gone to college and made something of their lives, went to talk to the two of them about the DREAM Act and whether or not they should be deported at this point in time. Now, the great part of this video was not the fact that Steve King, of course, confronted them and argued with them, which you would expect from a guy like Steve King, mm. but was the fact that Rand Paul's aide tapped him on the arm, saw what was going on, and they skedaddled out of there yeah. faster than they could get <laughs> involved anywhere. And I watched that video, and um, ML, it, it said to me, I said, there's the difference between a guy that thinks he has a future further up the chain in politics and a guy that realizes he's not going anywhere further than he is right now. And that's Steve King's like, yeah, why not? I'll duke it out. Rand Paul saying, this may come back to haunt me in a couple of years. I better get out of here. I think those kids should have come up to him and said, like you, I have a dream. And like you, it's never going to be realized. But it's good to be <laughs> anyways, Rand. And you look great in those skinny jeans. Oh, <laughs> a nice plaid shirt. you got to wear a plaid shirt in Iowa, don't right. you, Jeff? Or I mean, is that the rule? I, I, my favorite part of the video is... is Aid tapping him on the arm and him like taking two quick bites of his burger. <laughs> right. it's like, this burger looks so good. I don't believe it. <laughs> Nancy, uh, you know, I, the Dream Act should be the least controversial piece of legislation. It applies to people who were brought here when they really didn't have a say in the matter, and it applies to people who have worked hard and gone into the military or gone to college. And this is this is this is the whole spirit of America, right? And so, yeah, Rand Paul. Um, <laughs> the fight Rand Paul doesn't want to get into, that should be assigned to everyone else. That is sort of a But is there anything normal about this immigration debate right now, Rob? I mean, well, we, no, can't, we can't talk about this as rational adults. No, because it's hyper-polarized on both sides. If you're, you know, if you're against the DREAM Act, you're a horrible racist monster who hates everyone on the face of the earth who isn't the same color or from the same country. If you're for it, you hate the country and you want uh, a borderless society and chaos and you're flooding the U.S. with new Democrat voters. And, Don't forget Ebola. And, yeah, oh, and, you're, right. and you're bringing Ebola and terrorists up through Mexico. And there's the, I, I don't see any middle ground happening anytime soon. And 
I'm just surprised we didn't see the little dust clouds like when the coyote takes off behind Rand Paul because that, he gets that he gets you're right he takes like two bites of his burger but he has this deer in the headlights look in his eye like oh my god I gotta get out of here and then he's like but then, <laughs> but then there's Steve King Steve King, you, you gotta love this guy. I mean, he is, of course, the one who came up with the line, calves like cantaloupes for the drug mules that are running across the <laughs> desert. Um, you know, <laughs> he just stood there and said, you know what, I'm gonna duke it out with these two right here. Yeah. This is the same state that gave us go for the congressman. Oh, that's true, Fred Grandy. Fred Grandy. Fred Grandy. <laughs> but they the don't like Isaac name. in those parts. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. But Isaac may not like them either because apparently, and I didn't know about this, there's a war against whites that's happening in this nation right now. According to Representative Mo Brooks, a Republican from Alabama, claimed earlier this week that Democrats are waging a war on whites. It's happening. As a native Alabamian, I'm going to take this one. Okay. That man is a fool. Um, I invite you to look at the Fortune 500, sir, to look at the, the Congress, and then uh, tell me about how uh, white people are a, a, an endangered, uh, embattled uh, situation in this country, especially white men. Well, All y'all, you're in trouble. As a white guy, as the kind of white guy that likes the Dave Matthews Band in cargo shorts, <laughs> I feel like I have something to say here, which is we used to look up to guys like Gary Cooper and Joe DiMaggio and Ted Williams, and they would not be going... Oh, they're being mean to me. Why are they being mean to me? I mean, the whining has got to stop. The whining does have to stop because I, I've noticed there are lots of roadblocks in my way every single day. Oh, but moment. I don't know. Well, Craig, you, you know, you and I both live in Gross Point. So <laughs> the, the fact is that if there's a war against whites, we're both in the POW <laughs> camp already. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't no. know, I don't know if you've heard, but the heterosexual white male is an endangered species. I'm about to roll my eyes so hard my optic nerve will sta- snap. Does someone have a first aid kit? <laughs> This is one of these subjects as a white guy wearing a white dinner jacket. I should, <laughs> I should say nothing because it can't go well. Well, uh, all right. Well, let's, let's take this another step, though, because this story I thought was interesting, too. A couple of young entrepreneurs in the Washington, D.C. area have decided it's a good idea to come up with an app for your iPhone. And you guys didn't get this one. I'm springing this one on you because I saw this this morning and I thought it had to be a part of this. And I feel like this is my fault for a new one coming in because I got a little too much feminist rage on you guys. No, 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 that's good. That's good. It's called Sketch App. Now, what this does is direct you around the so-called sketchy areas of the community that you're living in. So you don't, God forbid, ever have to encounter people that may not be of your station. Mm. Um... What should happen to these smiling young millennial types um, that are trying to create an app so that you don't actually have to be anywhere too far from a Starbucks? Oh, this is awesome. I, I am so thrilled that these D-bags are going to be nowhere near Ske- my wait, neighborhood. It's called Sketch Factor. That's the name of the Sketch app. Factor. Okay. Well, it's got a heavy wretch factor for me. But I, <laughs> let me just tell you something. If these guys don't want to come anywhere near us, thank you very much. You have actually done us a service. And we'll take somebody else's wallet. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Journalism doesn't pay very well, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. But we are sort of, this is going to be the market working. No one's going to buy this app. This thing's going to be a disaster. There have been two or three similar apps that have come out. One actually from Detroit, in fact, uh, that failed miserably. Uh, and the whole app thing. I mean, we've got apps that deliver grilled cheese sandwiches and apps that do, you <laughs> I, know, most, that that most one, inane, yes. stupid things that are, you already have, and then we're going to app it, and it doesn't work. And I, th- I think the bigger story here is going to be the coming app bubble. The, the app bubble. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a thing in any town where uh, 
tourists or or people who don't know uh, their way around town can easily. I used to live in New Orleans, and the French Quarter, obviously very well trafficked by tourists, about two, three blocks north of the French Quarter is an area that, that, that folks really don't want to wander into at night alone if they don't know the town, they don't know where they are. I mean, there's so there's something, this is weird. This is not, this is not okay, a good solution. But to I'll tell you what, let's, let's ring the bell real quick because I'm making a transition. This could be very, very <laughs> handy for Judge Rhodes on his bus tour. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The sketch app. Could it not Seven ML? years and the guy hits his stride. Oh, Way to stick the landing. we waiting for, Craig. <laughs> Would that not help? You could just Fire use the top. sketch app and then point the bus in that direction because Judge Rhodes apparently is eventually going to take this bus tour. And I'm thinking to myself... What's the purpose of this bus tour? I mean, if anybody has been living in this community, yeah. working in this community for as long as a guy like Judge Rhodes has, don't you think he might be aware of the situation? Do we have to pretend it's for Judge Rhodes? Can we just admit it's for the creditors? I mean, do can, we ha- can we do just we admit it's a up? PR stunt? Because that's really what it is. Why can't we? Because no one's going to go on a bus, bus tour. tour. What's that? I said, why can't we have the waiting for a bus tour where he's going to take D-Dot? That's an, I, that was go. my idea we the got, other day. Yeah. We got Look. two hours for this tour. Look, We've been waiting an hour, 45 minutes for this bus. Um, this neighborhood sucks. Okay, you're good. And Look, then of last, course, you year, know, last year after we filed bankruptcy, somebody from a municipal uh, bond advisor company wrote a commentary in the bond buyer where they talked about how if Detroit suddenly didn't have any money, we should have to prove it to the highest burden of proof in court. And I think that creditors who feel that way, who come into town, they come to uh, the airport, they go downtown, they stay at the Book Cadillac, they have lunch at the DAC, they do business at City Hall in the Guardian building, and they think that they've, well, I've gotten a good look at Detroit. I've been to plush hotels and standard offices. No, they need to get out on a bus and drive around and see the city that they think they can ring millions of dollars for, and they also need to to say, if I insist that, that I am repaid 100% on the dollar, then I am saying that the status quo is acceptable, that for this person to not be able to get a cop to their house is acceptable, that for uh, these houses to stand blighted while little children walk past them is acceptable and they need to own that and i'm sorry i'm, I'm getting real sincere <laughs> no that's okay I, I, get real, I, I get real angry about that one i, I, I can't say i blame <laughs> it Go ahead, I, have, I have a hard time believing that that just because you had dinner at roast you don't understand that the city is in terrible decay no, because you, you know can't, because, a mile on either side because of no that. matter how much you've read about it i think that the level of devastation here in the city is it's incomprehensible unless you've seen it because you may have seen a couple pictures of blighted houses you may have heard about bus times but unless you you drive through the city and see um humanize it basically. and see and, and see just and also the scale of blight and of disinvestment it's it's not you know other cities have blight and disinvestment but but we have it here to such a scale that i really don't think is understandable unless you see it you could you can disagree but all right yeah. we'll, we'll move on shall sorry we? guys <laughs> i'm not being funny today uh, all right, what should we go to? Oh, how about this one? Um, Chevy is going to try again with the Volt. New Chevy Volt is going to be introduced at the auto show this year. The first one did not sell. It still seems to be the most politically charged vehicle uh, on the road today. Forgive that horrible pun, by the way. Um, Rob, can America get behind the Volt, or is it still only going to be Democrats that want to buy one? I, I, no one's going to want to buy one when it's just too expensive, and that's that's really the Volt's problem. You know, it's it's a fine car. It's you know, but the but the moolah to the, the outlay up front is just kind of ridiculous, and. You can say you'll save X, Y, and Z on the back end, but the fact is you've still got to go into that dealership and look at that price tag and sign that bottom line. And as long as the price is, you know, a car and a half uh, of a normal car, it just it just isn't going to work. If you can bring that cost down, that's great. And, I, you know, 
it's politically charged, yeah, but I don't I don't see why really. It's just it's market forces. I mean, but, but people are freaking out about a thirty-five thousand, forty thousand dollar price tag on the Volt. Yet they will gladly plunk that down on a Jeep Grand Cherokee or something else, mm-hmm. Jeff. I mean, it's not like this car is uber expensive, and people are going gaga over an eighty thousand dollar Tesla. Yeah, I I think this is sort of maybe the the Apple Newton Apple iPad kind of thing where the the first iteration was interesting but not really functional to the normal consumer and then. Yeah. You know, you bring it out a but few it years is later. Functional. Well, I mean, it everybody is, I know that but, owns one says this is the best car but, I've ever had. So but the value a, proposition for the electric cars, right? You don't have to pay three fifty a gallon of gas. But Robert's right. For the same car, you get, you know, a lot cheaper gas model car. It, the economics haven't really worked out for the electric car yet. But I think we're closer. Right. So uh, this is a uh, this is a uh, wait for it lightning rod for controversy. Oh, Take it away. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Here, well, thank you for getting back on yeah. the comedy trail, Nancy. <laughs> here's here's how it works. You show me one guy who's gotten laid driving a Volt, and I'll sell you some Volts, okay? You can't get anybody in that car, let alone somebody significant on the other sex or the same sex, which is legal soon. This is it's not going to work. And I'm a guy who's so green, I recycle the tags on my tea bags. But if you give me a choice between a Volt and the new Challenger Hellcat... I'm going Hellcat, 707 horsepowers. I gotta have that. The Volt is not sexy. Get your Hellcat, and I'll see you. I'll see you there. (laughs) And since I'm from Detroit, if I drive it by your house, I'll have 10 tickets because I'll say, "Wait a minute, that's one of those white guys we're trying to get rid of." Well, don't drive that thing in Gross Point because you know what happens there. You run into a rabble rousers from Detroit come across that border. (laughs) That's right. You run into a shed. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, that's a shed in Detroit. Now that I think about it, is it? Is it? Have they determined that yet? I'm not quite sure. But either way, it's pretty darn ugly. Yeah, to me, if you yeah, want they to need a better shed. Point, <laughs> they need a better <laughs> shed. That's it. That's exactly it. All right. Um, I, I saved the best and most important discussion for last year. Because if there's one thing that Americans are really, really good at, it is coming up with foodstuffs that sound absolutely disgusting, but in reality turn out to be super delicious. And I put down as evidence the Lay's chicken and waffles flavored potato chip. Sounds absolutely, absolutely disgusting. Worked. Worked really, really well in practice. We had a taste test here on this program. But now Lay's is trying this again. They're coming up with four new flavors for those of us, you know, uh, fans of chips to to really sort of savor here. And we need to go over these one by one. We've got mango salsa, bacon mac and cheese flavored potato chips, wasabi ginger, and then, wait for it, cappuccino flavored potato chips. I hear an ugh. I hear an ugh. I'll yeah, you know, I'm sitting there, Jeff, Jeff and I are sort of looking at each other going, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember this, when we did the taste test, yes. right? It was the, the garlic fries or garlic waffle bread or whatever. Garlic, garlic bread. bread ones that we thought, oh, those would be good. And then you're sort of eating them like, I'd rather have garlic bread. But yeah. then the chicken and waffle ones were like, well, this is interesting. Yes. So maybe it's the same thing here. The, the bacon mac and cheese sounds like the front runner. But then again, why wouldn't you just get bacon mac and cheese? Well, because bacon mac and cheese doesn't come in a bag <laughs> in the vending machine. What kind of fool are you? <laughs> so you're telling me I should figure out a way to put bacon mac and cheese in a bag in a vending machine? There you go. <laughs> look, oh. look, we get like uh, a lot of nonsense from people who talk about when we try to, to do things like Europe does and, and the way, you know, the, uh, we're America and we shouldn't be all European. But Europe has been ahead of this potato chip game for a long time. Really? They have some weird freaking potato chip flavors <laughs> over there. Um, 
Um, I, when I was in England uh, more than a decade ago, uh, they're prawn cocktail uh, potato chips. Okay. Prawn cocktail. I can only imagine what they've done Does in the intervening nice decade. Sort of prawny aftertaste, because that's what I'm looking for in my potato chips. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a whole array of, I mean, this is, we're catching up. We're becoming sophisticated and cosmopolitan like the finest European capitals. Well, there you go. I, I don't know. Yeah. When, I, when I was a little kid in the 70s, you had, you had three chips. You had plain. Yes. You had barbecue. And you had sour, uh, sour, cream, sour and cream and onion, and then you had rippled chips, and and then all of a sudden Doritos came along, Ooh. and now it's gone insane. And I'm supposed to have some kind of like existential identity crisis in the chip aisle to decide which chip is my chip, which chip defines me as a citizen. <laughs> and and I, I I really kind of pine for the days of the three chips. Well, can we all agree that Cheetos Flaming Hot are awful and should be avoided? At all times. I don't know. They seem to be a pretty popular yeah. food stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there you go. Um, <laughs> though I have to say, I'm with, I think I'm with Rob. It's one of the, one of the four we food We don't groups. need this many Bipartisan chips. support for yes. uh, potato chips. And I certainly food. don't need prawn chips. Well, I don't know. That's I, terrifying. You know, barbecue fan, terrifying. by the way. Yeah, okay, barbecue. Good. Barbecue. <laughs> that's fine. Well, you know, but that, that starts its own argument. Uh, you know, just, we can't get there. Better main barbecue. I, I don't care. But what about the sweet barbecue? Love those. Mm. ML. Uh, you know, once once Better Made came up with flaming hot chips, that was it. That was the Mona Lisa. Don't paint mm-hmm. anything else. You have <laughs> you know, move on. But uh, you know, the Canadians have ketchup chips, which sound dreadful, but are they're European. Really good. Ish. But uh, put me down Ish. for the ginger and wasabi. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. Real, real quick, real quick. We got any votes here? Uh, I want, I want hands, hands, applause here. Mango salsa potato chips. Yes, no. Yeah. Eh, a couple of claps. Bacon mac and cheese flavor. Oh, there we go. Your family is not applauding, Craig. So wasabi ginger. Wasabi. <laughs> and lastly, cappuccino chips. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even like coffee. I'm just being a contrarian. Yeah. Well, and with that, and with that, we need to wrap up this uh, edition, this final edition of the Friday Follies. And uh, I really, really appreciate uh, my friends, ML Elric of Fox 2, of course, uh, also my friend since the first grade. Thank you, sir. It's a pleasure. Well, I, I brought you a sunflower because sunflowers, when you plant them in the ground, can take the lead out. And like city officials, they're mostly yellow. Oh, <laughs> very good. <laughs> Rob Laurie of KNTV and the Detroit News, thank you for being here. Appreciate it very thank much. Thank you for having me. Jeff Watrick of WDIV, hopefully your job is intact, sir. Be okay. You'll be okay. <laughs> Nancy Kaffer of the Detroit Free Press. It's always a pleasure. Sir, I was a fan before I was a friend, and it's been an honor and privilege to have both. Well, I've been happy to have all of you with me on as many occasions as we have. And um, friends, friends, friends. This is the Craig Folly Show on 1019 WDET. Mm-hmm.